2: Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says, promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to ricknow.org. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we will be discussing esports sponsorship. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all the information for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Herb May. Herb is an esports industry veteran who is currently the Director of Corporate Partnerships for Overwatch League franchise Houston Outlaws. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you know, to kind of briefly introduce the topic, we're exploring, you know, sponsorship in esports. So why is, you know, sponsorship and brand activations in esports so valuable? Realistically, one of the, you know, most dominant demographics that are fans of these competitive games are males aged 21 to 35, which is, you know, a very valuable demographic to brands and pretty hard to reach via traditional advertising means. So a lot of different brands kind of turn to esports and gaming to try to introduce their products. So this includes both, you know, endemic brands as well as non-endemic brands. So, you know, endemic ones are ones that are kind of naturally part of gaming, you know, computer hardware, gaming monitors, controllers, gaming chairs, keyboards and, you know, really anything that you kind of use to play the game. And then recently there's been a really nice shift where these non-endemic brands, which is essentially everything else, you know, soda, alcohol, clothing companies, sunglasses, cars, beauty care products, you know, really everything else you can think of, companies like Nike and Coca-Cola and and Doritos and Mountain Dew and Sour Patch Kids and Arby's and Gillette. So, you know, all of these major brands are getting really involved in the scene. So usually the payment really kind of depends. They can go anywhere from a low-level sponsorship in kind where you just kind of get free products, or maybe it's a discount on an expensive good if it's like a PC or a laptop. even, you know, more elaborate paid paid campaigns that, you know, for several months or years. And those monies can be for thousands of dollars or more. And then another component as part of these activations, what are called your deliverables. And these are actually the requirements of the campaign, what you actually are doing in exchange for whatever benefit, whether it's money or product that you're getting. So that could be the number of social media posts, how many different things you're supposed to share, how many content pieces you're supposed to create. You know, if you're supposed to put their logo on their website and on stream or, you know, wear it on your jersey. So those are called the deliverables. So previously, we kind of looked at esports sponsorship from a brand's perspective. But now we're really going to look at it more from a team and organizational side. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about your past esports experience.
3: Uh, well, I, you, you referred to me as an esports veteran, and unfortunately, it's the farthest thing from the truth, as I like to consider myself an esports rookie still, um, as I've really only been in it for a year. But uh, I, I appreciate the Well, the you made such an impact that uh, I feel like you've been around for so yeah, long. I appreciate the uh, I'll, I'll take it as a compliment and I'll I'm actually going to just I'm going to throw it in the uh, the LinkedIn bio now. Now that you've said it, it's official. OK, I co-sign uh, it on air. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boy, I so I'm I'm a traditional sports transplant. I spent my first uh, three or so years at a college uh, with the NFL, um, where I was doing more uh, ticket sales uh, and corporate hospitality as opposed to sponsorships. But I did do I did have a little bit of exposure to sponsorships, as that was something we could uh, we could do as well. Um, and really what made the move into eSports right after Super Bowl 53, where I was living in Atlanta. Um, and I was the director of uh, business development for a eSports and gaming facility. Uh, in downtown Atlanta, which I had a small stint about there for about three or four months. And then I, I moved up to New York where I was um, working for a small RIA wealth manager, uh, Round Hill Investments, which launched the, uh, the, one of the first pure play eSports ETFs on the New York Stock Exchange, um, where I did a good amount of their marketing and, and, uh, and business development uh, as well as just kind of um, really uh, leading their, their content efforts as they were uh aiming to educate on esports and then um I actually had pitched Beasley Media Group um a couple different things when I was with Roundhill which kind of sparked the conversation and um they were kind of rebuilding their organization uh with the, the that they had just acquired being the Houston Outlaws and um I actually was I was interested in Houston because that's where I started for Super Bowl 51 so uh, the world's come full circle, and uh, now I'm, I'm uh, selling sponsorships and bringing in unique partnerships for, for the franchise here down in Houston in the Overwatch League, and it's been really exciting so far. So what are some of your you know,
1: day-to-day duties on behalf of the Outlaws?
3: Oh, boy, just drinking coffee. That's pretty much it. Um, but uh, our day-to-day duties, uh, we're a team of seven. So um, the I think a lot of these teams, we, we run pretty thin, being, uh, I like to say, while we are an established league, it still does feel like a bit of a startup um, from team to team and just as a league being so new. So, um, literally where I spent the majority of my day is I like to think of business development and sponsorships as, as, um, whatever advances our business forward, whether that be from a compensation standpoint to a partnership standpoint, or just from a relationship standpoint. So, um, my goal every day is to, is to leave the day with three, you know, three to five meaningful relationships, whether they're via LinkedIn introduction, um, Cold Prospect on Twitter, uh, something like that, where I can leave the day say, saying that I, I, I've done something to advance our business forward. But um, in the more granular sense, uh, I'm working, I have about seven different categories dedicated to me uh, where I am prospecting, with, looking for prior work in eSports, looking for brands that make sense in eSports, looking for brands that are looking to innovate I'm um, looking for companies that I just personally think would be in esports, or, or sorry, should be in esports. And uh, and that's my goal. And I spend a lot of time uh, all day long doing that, especially now. <laughs> so, what do you kind of look for in potential brand partners?
2: Um,
3: well, I, I, one thing I, I think about uh, partners who we work with in the Overwatch League is it, it has to make sense. Authenticity we, is a word I think probably is used. I don't know more than any, by other, everybody, <laughs> by everybody. Um, but it's important. And, um, you know, I don't want to bring my, my players products that they don't care about or something that, that isn't authentic to them. Um, so, uh, I, I look for things that I, I generally, I spend a lot of time consulting with the team and, and, uh, getting a sense of the products that, that would, Drive them to and get them excited. Like if I delivered them XYZ product, would they be excited to have it in their hands? Our players love tangible things. They love um, to have something physical in their hands. So uh, I know that, and I, I use that as I'm prospecting and looking for companies to work with. And then you know, core values have to align with with whatever brand you're touching base with. You have to at least be promoting each other's brands in the most authentic sense of the word. It can't just be, Hey, we've got the demographic, you've got money, let's just make this happen. It just doesn't work like that. So, um, I I look for good people. I look for fun people. I look for creative people that are willing to come to the table with a blank piece of paper and grab a, you know, not just a pen, but grab a set of colored markers and, and get creative. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So, so how do you really approach a, a brand? Like are there certain factors that you highlight
1: in the pitch to them or, you know, what's that process like?
3: It really depends for me. Um, for me, it, it, it's, it's really about, um, uh, for, for me, it's really about the people that I'm connecting with upfront. Like I, I don't really like to talk about business too much on the first phone call. Um, for example, I had a call the other day with, We'll call it X Company, and the person that I connected with, um, we immediately had a couple mutual connections. We uh, we both went to school in the SEC. We talked about football for a while, and then I'd probably say we we did that for about twenty minutes. And then the last ten minutes of the call, we kind of talked about the, we kind of talked about the Outlaws and uh, and and esports as a whole. So there was the, there actually you know it was a thirty minute call, and about ten of those thirty minutes were actually about. Business and those are the type of calls I actually seek out because those are the people that I I feel like I can uh, I have a better chance of working with in the long term and actually think uh, uh, opportunities that start off like that tend to move quicker because you get you get more comfortable with a person like that. Um, you've got more rapport. You, you, you don't feel like you're selling something on the next call. They they know why you want to reach out for the next call. So, um, I, it, the, the initial call is super important to me when prospecting and reaching out.
1: Okay. So, you know, it really kind of sounds like, and kind of your previous point, creating like an authentic connection with them where like, yeah, it's great that we both are working at these brands and companies, but there has to be something else that's gonna make this relationship, you know, fruitful for everyone.
3: Exactly, and as you know, I mean, I do a lot of my damage on LinkedIn. I'd probably say ninety percent of it. So, you know, if I'm reaching out to a massive brand, and there's six people that have gone to the University of Mississippi on there, I'm gonna reach out to those people, and I'm gonna talk about, uh, and I'm gonna talk about you know, whatever, uh, we, whatever there's to talk about regarding Ole Miss, you know, and we had a lot of things to talk about. We got football, we got the Grove. We got, so I'd much rather start a conversation with a company off with someone I have a common ground with and take it from there. And if I have to be referred to somebody else, so be it. But at least I'm getting a proper referral from someone that knows like, Hey, like I went to school, same school with this guy. He's a nice guy. We had a great chat. I'd rather start out that way than have to go to somebody I don't know uh and and really kind of work that initial upfront sales reach out the hey do you have 10 15 minutes to spare i'd love to share with you my idea that just doesn't always work okay so you know it sounds like
1: you really kind of approach it as you know less of a pitch is more of a like you know a virtual happy hour like
3: let's kind of get to know each other and like then we'll slip in like who we are and what we're doing Exactly. I mean, that's, and, and that's, that's business development, that's selling, you know, there, there I, I see too many times, uh, in, in this industry or, you know, just in, 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 even when I was initially being trained that the, the, the age old, uh, saying I was trained on is telling isn't selling. So if I hop on the phone with you and I tell you, oh, the outlaws have X million person reach and we are the dominant force in Houston and blah, 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 blah. And rip off a bunch of numbers. I, I just, on the other side of that phone, that, uh, that person has immediately lost, you know, any sort of interest in who I am. They're looking at Instagram, they're looking at LinkedIn, they're looking at their email. (laughs) And I just start after i start dumping numbers. So, um, just from a sales, you know, a sales element, it's just for anyone listening, you know, I'll just always start off. I, I want to know, I want to know what that person's dog's name is before I want to talk about business. Awesome. I think that that's, you know, a
1: really good, you know, point that you bring up and our listeners should take note that like, you know, this is a person, personality, professionally driven network world where, you know, who you know and what they think of you really matters and opens a lot of doors.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that, and and those type of and, and that's why I think that I get callbacks, quite honestly, if I can just be a little self-confident, um, you know, that there's a pretty good chance that once you call me out of the blue, that I'm going to answer. I'm going to remember your name or remember what we talked about. And I'm going to probably throw in a really <laughs> stupid joke and we're going to have a quick a quick laugh. And then and then we'll get into the business.
1: Nice. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about some of the recent activations, you know, you've worked on.
3: Through, uh, through the outlaws or through just a prior yeah, experience? Yeah, what some of the stuff you've been doing with the outlaws recently? Oh, boy. So much stuff. I'd probably say the best um, display of activation since, as you know, we don't have a ton physically right now. Um, but the, uh, the homestand that we had in Houston was fabulous. Um, we're really really happy about the way that the homestand went and obviously to be one of the last two before before the country shut down um, was was really special for us because whether the whether the outlaws are in playoff contention or not um, we do certainly have one of the more uh, aggressive fan bases in in all of the overwatch league and two uh, to be able to bring our team home to play in the home city was was really meaningful for us. And so the, the relationship that we have with H-E-B, which is our, uh, our, our grocery partner here and, and one of the staple brands here in the state of Texas, um, to be able to to bring them physically to our fan base um, through uh, you know the the activation that they did in our in our kind of fan zone, plus also the sign uh, thing that we did uh, for them, they had. H E B superheroes dressed up in the crowd uh, was really, really special. And we know that um this is their first experience in esports and they're really, really excited to be working with us. And the fact that it went so well is is when, you know, as a seller, you're really excited that you can deliver um you you can deliver, you know, just action items and and things that you know we we promised up front. And over delivered on the back end, and so uh, the 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 homestand and the relationship we have with HEB, I think, is some of the best work that we've done uh, thus
0: far. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to esports to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution.
4: Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to Bluetooth.com. Your order ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping, again, blue chucom promo code BLUEWIRE.
1: What are some of the other brands that you guys are working with?
3: Um, so we just uh, launched new partner. Well, uh, well we've got Respawn uh, as our desk and chair partner. Uh, they're you know they're a staple in this industry and have, have done great work with us. Uh, we recently launched uh, our partnership with Zaxby's um, all fresh within the last two weeks So Zaxby's last week. And then we, uh, launched our partnership with Zeni Optical yesterday, um, which is really exciting. They're really taking a big step into gaming. And uh, a lot of those partnerships without any kind of ability to do some physical stuff for a while, um, is going to be completely based around content. So in this, in this industry, uh, as you know, and currently right now, content, 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 content is king. And um, we're really fortunate to be working with a really awesome uh, uh, marketing arm out of Chicago. And um, we have been creating some really, really fun and unique ideas, not just for YouTube, but also for Twitter and for Instagram, Um, but to bring fun content that really displays the brand that we're working with in an authentic sense, not just like, here, here's a pair of glasses, you know, throw them on Uh, and, you know. And, and say you love Zeni. That's just not how content works anymore. We, we, we wanted to bring a product that our players would use and actually like. And uh, for, for the Zeni example, the fact that their, um, their blocks, um, blue light blocking lenses uh, are really, really helpful for, you know, what our players do every day. And they practice and look at a screen all day. So um, finding ways through content to really, really uh, display that is our goal and what we hope to achieve with them. So, tell us a little bit more about, you know, kind of the process of, you know, when you're actually making this
1: content. How does the approvals work and all that kind of stuff?
3: So, it goes back and forth a lot in the process. I, that, luckily, that, luckily, that's way above me because I'm not that smart. Um, but we, uh, we work with our marketing arm, um, we work with our marketing arm out of Chicago from the start of the process, which I think is really unique. Uh, so we bring them in on the initial process to get creative, come up with ideas, and and have them uh, deliver uh, some thoughts for us. And then we come together on an, agree- on an agreement, and then we go into the, the filming and, and whatever process that we're going through to get some content done. And then once once it's out there, once it's built, we send it back and forth between us and the client, and that can go back and forth and, you know, just once, or it can go back and forth 20 times. Um, You know, it's just really about just nailing it. And for example, like the gift that we use for Zactbees or the gift that we use for Zenny, uh, both were approved within like two emails, which is is really, if you're in sponsorship, you know, that's great. Uh, Because sometimes it goes back and forth way more than that. But, you know, that's simple content right there that just looked great. We've got a great marketing arm that came up with it. Uh, And when they're able to generate something that, Provi- that you know leads to a, a, a short approval process that makes life really easy for sellers right it just kind of cuts down the whole process and gets everything streamlined a lot easier yeah exactly
1: um so yeah so how do you kind of you know explain and quantify the results and the success of a campaign what you know kpis are really important to you guys
3: <sighs> well it's more about the client you know um uh <laughs> we're happy when the client is happy. So, uh, when, when something works, uh, you know, it's, it's a great question because for me, I see it in so many different ways. Um, I love when we do something organic that works well. And as you know, the Twitter, the, the Twitter sphere, uh, the Twitter community in this industry can be a tad harsh, so I uh, look for uh, supportive comments. <laughs> so I love to see when fans go crazy for our relationship with HEB or they're excited that they they love Zaxby's chicken or they're interested in a product like like Zenni. So um, I, I, for me, um, I, I think it's all not only obviously based on our players being excited to use the products that we're, we're given, but I think it comes down to the fans because at the end of the day, that's who the partnership is about um they we want to bring in partners that that want to uh bring products and they want to get their brand in front of our fan base and then our fan base approves of that so to me it's 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 not a number it's not a you know it's not a uh it's not a metric although there's how many views it got say that again it's not really about how many views it gets Exactly. I mean, and, and those are, listen, those are all important. I'm not saying that those aren't in the deal or, you know, those aren't, those aren't in the focus, but to me, you know, I, I'd much rather have two fans saying they love Zaxby's chicken and they, they go crazy for it. And they're super excited to see this partnership. than I don't know, maybe have a hundred views on a, on a Twitter, uh, on a Twitter video. So um, that that's kind of the way I think about it. I'm, I'm sure people think about it in a much different way, but uh, on the, on the surface level, that's, that's kind of my mindset.
1: Yeah, I think that that you know really kind of ties into what makes you know the scene, gaming and esports, so genuine and unique is that you care about what the community says. You want to do right by your fans. You want to bring them products that not only your players like and they can in, you know incorporate into their lives, but also that your fans are like. Oh yeah, this is great. Like, it's awesome that you're dealing with this headset company. I've loved it, and you know you're coming out with your own branded headset. That's amazing and. You know, the fact that you're getting such a positive response from your community and your fans, I think, is what is, you know, the most important. Because, you know, I'm a Yankee fan, like whoever their they're Toyota car it doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm not so excited. ooh, I have a Toyota. I'm glad the Yankees are sponsored by them. It, it just doesn't really affect the fans as much.
3: You know, it's funny you say that because I'm a I'm a diehard Baltimore Ravens fan. And I don't know, I just couldn't tell you. Who are like maybe, I mean, obviously m and Bank because they're in the stadium, but um, esports, I mean, traditional sports is just so big. I, I just think sponsorship is, is maybe lost its luster a little bit. I can't remember the last sponsor that the Ravens put in my face. Um, and I think that has a lot to say about esports because, you know, when we offer a discount code for uh, a product that we're offering, you know, fans are super excited. They go ahead and they act on it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a good point.
1: Nice. So, I mean, you know, I know you told, told us that you worked at, you know, Roundhill Investments. Tell us a little bit kind of about what they were doing and some of the stuff you did for them.
3: Um, so, you know, those guys are uh, incredible entrepreneurs and, and, and incredibly smart. They, uh, they basically built an ETF. And for this, this uh, podcast, if you don't know what an ETF is, it's basically a basket of stocks pertaining to a particular in- industry and, in, in our case, it was a an ETF based around esports, and so we had representation from Activision, you, Hoya, Logitech, Turtle Beach, all uh, represented in the fund. And our goal was to bring esports to the investing public. So if you don't have the the spare the spare change uh, at the end of the month to invest in the Activision stock, we give you the option to get some exposure to it in our fund. Um, a- along with 25 other companies pertaining to esports, and and my job, uh, and my goal was to tell that story, was to just kind of educate on on where esports is, where it's going, and, and why you know if you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to invest in esports, that was a that was a safe and secure route.
1: I mean, I think that you know, it's a very interesting thing, and it you know kind of brings me to like you know my last point here. So, you know, what do you think are some you know more non endemic you know, areas and brands that you would like to see you know, more esports teams embrace or that you know you're particularly looking at?
3: Um my my it actually pertains to what I was doing at round I mean it, it's financial services. I, I think um I think financial services is is a huge one and you know huge props to Misfits for, for getting their uh recent partnership with Sophie um because I think bringing financial services in on this industry so is like gonna... banks and like merrill lynch or like what correct yeah yeah and, and and those will be tough so you're you know chase merrill lynch bank of america um those are all uh those are all industry or uh, sorry uh, companies that i think need to be in esports and gaming and they need to euthanize their their messaging because i think in this world of content that we're living in, whether you're a streamer, whether you're a TikTok star, whether you're a YouTuber, you are going to be making money at a much earlier age these days. Uh, and there's just a thousand different ways to do it. And people drop shipping and whatever. So um, I think those banks need to euthanize their message, and they need to educate. Um, they need to educate on financial literacy because. If you're not educated on on what to do with your money now when you're you know i don't even know how how old is phase rug i mean that he, he's so young and he's making a ridiculous amount of money and I, you know I, i'm sure phase is doing a good job of helping and protect it but you know if you're uh, if you're but it's con- not their job to do that it's certainly not you're exactly right but i but i bet you like i i bet you they're working on the same type of partnerships with those guys to be like listen Come like Merrill Lynch or Bank of America. Come in and let's euthanize. You know what a financial You know financial literacy boot camp looks like. So these guys just at least have the education to know. Like okay, I should be putting a thousand dollars a month in a savings account, or I should be putting it in a in an S and P five hundred ETF or something like that. Where you know. Money can be protected. People can get people can be invested, uh, you know, in the economy and they can be safe with their funds. I think there's a, a massive opportunity there uh, and figuring out how to properly do it has been has been tricky because I've certainly gotten just some flat out no's just to like the violence of video games. But um, uh, I think there there's a unique opportunity there. And, and my my goal, one of my my side goals is to figure it out. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the point that you just point up, you brought up was like,
1: I know that in the NBA 2K League, like the Warriors Gaming had a partnership with Chase where Chase Bank came in and taught them how to set up accounts and they did a few um, kind of activations and the Jazz Gaming also. And, you know, Cavaliers Legion have Rocket Mortgage, which, you know, your point is that they're not fighting games, they're sports games. And, you know, it gave financial institutions the potential to be able to, you know, get some activation in this gaming area. You know, and I'm sure that the same way there used to be Yankee bank of America checks and credit cards. You wouldn't want like, you know, league of legends heroes or overwatch hero checks. You know, I think that's just kind of the natural progression.
3: Yep, exactly.
1: Great. So, you know, I like to kind of end each episode with, you know, my three questions. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch?
3: Oh boy. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, you don't got to be uh, one, you know, <laughs> I'd say it's a tie between call of duty and overwatch with maybe an emphasis on call of duty, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> okay. You know,
1: overwatch is newer. I understand.
3: <laughs> so what's your favorite game to play? Call of duty. Uh, I, Call of Duty and Madden were, uh, took up, actually, I'll throw NHL in there because of how much NHL I played in high school, but um, Call of Duty, Madden, and NHL have been forever my, my three favorite games. I, I had the first Call of Duty on, I started as a PlayStation guy, uh, moved into Xbox later on in life, um, but uh, yeah, uh, from the first copy on, I, I've, I've played them all. Nice. So, you know, so who's
1: your favorite video game character? You know, Mario Luigi, Pikachu, any of these
2: guys?
3: (laughs) Man. Soldier76. He's who I'm being educated on by the team. Uh and he's the only person I can really relate to in Overwatch. I'm really, really terrible. But uh for the sake of me working for the Outlaws, I'm gonna ride with Soldier. Okay, okay, fair enough. So,
1: you know, thank you so much for joining us. So tell everyone where they can find you
3: um i am underscore herb may underscore on pretty much all channels um twitter instagram um and uh then for uh for linkedin i'm just herb may there's another herb may which is my father don't request him he's not as cool um and yeah underscore herb may underscore that's me
1: Awesome. So, you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter, J E S Q, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.